Okay. All right. So we're back. All right. So uh, let's get into it. Our talk radio live in 4K. Up first, Alex Soros controversial, controversial comments, which pretty much is calling for Trump to be taken out. <clears throat> let's talk about that. I've also told you about the uh, Illuminati cards where it had one that said enough is enough with Trump's face on it. And, you know, you also saw it on Simpsons, you know, Trump in a glass coffin. So this is something that's been in the works for years. I don't want nothing to happen to Trump. Something tells me that could be on the horizon. Fair use. Alex has tweeted out an article that the Gateway Pundit is labeling as a direct threat of violence against Donald Trump. You can see the article includes two pictures, one of a bullet hole and $47 in the other photo. Some are taking it as an innuendo about the 47th president. It's an article from The Atlantic with the opening line saying, quote, last year, the crime and inflation crises largely evaporated. So did the leading stories about what had caused them. The article makes the argument that violent crime and inflation were both very bad in the beginning of 2023, but by year's end, both problems had magically evaporated. The article says it's remarkable that the vast majority of Americans polled still believe the economy is in the tank and that violent crime is very bad. The article throws a jab at Trump saying, quote, the absurdity of Trump as the normalcy candidate is almost too much to bear, especially because the normalcy that voters are desperately craving is in many ways already here and Biden helped deliver it, it says. Well, joining the show to discuss is constitutional scholar and author of uh, Paul Ingracia's Substack, Paul Ingracia himself. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You've been tweeting about this article as well, about Alex Soros's tweet. Uh, do you take it as a threat to Trump? Well, listen, I think at this point you can't put anything past the left, especially given who it's coming from. Alex Soros, the son of George Soros, as you said, Ivory, uh, the man who is uh, funding, uh, financing so many of these lawsuits, I mean, um, against President Trump and trying to obviously throw everything at the wall and to see what sticks with these indictments. Each one, thankfully, are failing. But you know how the left plays their game. They're trying to obstruct and delay and hinder the process as much as possible. There's so many layers to this story, but it's, it's, it's insidious. And this, this report, by the way, I just want to uh, mention right off the bat, this was an investigative report by my good friend, Laura Loomer. Um, and it showed, as you said, it was an article for the Atlantic magazine talking about how inflation and crime, despite many Americans um, realizing that these both are at record levels, um, trying to say that, you know, explain that away and say, no, Bidenomics is working well for everyone. But the more insidious, darker element of this article is, is the image of um, these dollar bills arranged um, in such a fashion where there's, there, there seems to be a lot of um, imagery and symbolism there suggesting a potential um, like bounty. They're trying to put out a bounty basically to anyone uh, um, who would so dare uh, try to take out President Trump, which is insane it's evil but again you would not put this past them i mean the dollar bills have uh, clearly displayed four and five so obviously that's a reference to the 45th president and donald trump um and there were two one dollar bills um to suggest like the silver bullet theory which is you know 
um, related to the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And then the other dollar bills were of a uh, $5 bill of uh, President Lincoln, who was assassinated, um, Andrew Jackson, um, who was the first president for which there was an assassination attempt on, and a $10 bill with Alexander Hamilton, who, of course, died in that fateful duel with Aaron Burr. So it seems like there, it's very suggestive of something very insidious. And given what we know about the Soros family, given how much they hate Donald Trump, and given uh, this came, you know, just days after they had a conference in Davos in which um, Alex Soros was one of the speakers who um, was basically saying this is what we have to do in order to mitigate damage, knowing that President Trump is at this point, and all polls suggested, the likeliest uh, candidate to not only win the Republican nomination, I'm in New Hampshire right now, and he's doing really well, and he, we're expecting a huge victory tomorrow, but also um, in the general election. Where he His friend is Laura Loomer, a white nationalist. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, that's uh, not too comforting. Let's keep going. He's up by uh, significant margins now over Joe Biden in the general election. So um, you see basically all these indictments uh, falling apart. Um, you saw what happened over the past week with Bonnie Willis uh, exposing that whole thing, all the, the corruption that went on uh, behind the scenes there between the Justice Department, Eric Marlin coordinating with her and her lover, the special prosecutor there. Really, everything's unraveling for them. So um, as they become more and more desperate, you might uh, see more and more extreme measures, which obviously, God forbid, any of this happens. And this, why, this is why we have to continue to keep Trump in our prayers, the American people who support him, uh, because, you know, you can't put anything past uh, what these people are capable of thinking of. So it's, it's a terrible, I don't even like to talk about it, but the fact of the matter is, um, you know, I, I do think uh, it's correct to read this message there. And what I tweeted in response to it is that Elon Musk um, should flag this. He should, if this is true and it turns out to be the case, I think he, um, uh, both the accounts of Alex Soros and uh, the Atlantic magazine, which feature the article, should be permanently banned. It's not going to do that because George Soros controls a lot of the things that go on with these types of groups. And um, this man has a lot of power. Okay. And he's a powerful, evil Jew. I don't hate Jews. This man is very evil. He funded Black Lives Matter. Okay. That group doesn't give a damn about black people. It was run by three lesbians <clears throat> that were, that capitalized on the death of black people at the hands of corrupt police officers and ran off into the sunset with the money donated to them by black people who lost loved ones to police brutality. And if he has that much pull, he has control over Elon Musk. Elon Musk is also favors Nazis. Because you cannot, um, it's a federal crime, of course, to uh, conspire um, to try to obviously assassinate a president, a former president of the United States. Right, definitely. Well, that's a scary thought. The uh, article was authored by someone named Roger Karma. 
Uh, but then, of course, blasted out by George Soros' son, Alex. Now, uh, Paul, since you are out there in uh, New Hampshire right now, I wanted to get your take uh, as you volunteer with Trump. You said you're volunteering with his campaign today. Uh, you were there when yes. he retired Ron DeSantis's uh, nickname. Uh, I was. What was the, <laughs> What's it like out there? Uh, he likes he likes Ron again, huh? Oh, it was a historic moment for many of us who have been fighting against the DeSantis people on Twitter, on social media over the past you know year now since um he launched his failure to launch campaign back in May of last year. So. It was, it was, I mean, I was shocked to, to see that news drop so quickly that he wouldn't even make it to Tuesday's um, uh, primary. But the good news is he dropped out and he endorsed President Trump, which is what we like to see, unity of the party behind uh, the 47th president. So um, President Trump came in here. He came into the New Hampshire. My thing is, is like, if Trump doesn't win, at least you had DeSantis. All right. Even though DeSantis is very much um, far right. Okay. He has Nazis in Florida right now shouting racial slurs and without a care in the world. If it was, if those people were saying things about Jews, it would be stopped. Headquarters are doing such a great job. They have so many great volunteers. So he had to pay his respects to them. And he said, um, when asked by a reporter here. Okay. So I'm going to go over with. Uh, Alex Soros. Let's see what he's. Watching him comment let's go over there um but um you know i um i don't think that that's the i don't think that that's the fundamental i don't think the technology is the fundamental issue uh, in in democracy. Democracy is messy. I mean, you know, democracy is about contestation of ideas. It's about uh, plurality. Um, it's about people having different truths, actually. Now, um, fundamentally, uh, how society lives together um, civically um, in those in those contestations um, is you know is obviously uh, is obviously. Um, you know, quite, uh, quite, uh, you know, quite tricky. But I think that if we play too much on this disinformation card, we're taking the responsibility away from ourselves to actually create a narrative that inspires people to vote and to believe, uh, you know, in um, uh, in uh, in democracy and democratic um, institutions. And on the institutional part, I think that we can talk about uh, institutions as these abstract things, but institutions are also about people. Mm -hmm. And, um, you, know, um, you know, we just heard this, this, this point about untrustworthy people, and we talked about things in the United States like, you know, like um, checks and balances, which aren't written anywhere, but are customs. And one man, Donald Trump, literally came in and just took that, you know, took that, took that all away. Um, you know, so, um, 
you know, so, um, you know, but when I see this, you know, when I look at this. Uh, okay, it's really hard to listen to him when he keeps doing, um, you know, um, 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 that, that, whew, this is annoying. Um, you know, um, you know, uh, more globally regarding, regarding, you know, regarding democracy, I also say to myself, when was this great time that everybody got along so well and, you know, things were going so, so great? I mean, I think, you know. Um, um, you know, the, um, you know, I think that we really have to be careful here in, you know, in this nostalgia, uh, for a time, uh, you know, for a time past because a lot, nothing has gone. This country is slowly going to the tubes. Biden took over unemployment is a disaster. Migrants or illegal migrants are taking jobs. They're basically overrunning New York. Crime has gone up. Okay. Theft. These people are not checked if they have diseases or not. You don't know where they come from. They could be gang members. They could be terrorists. Some majority of them, there have been reports that they are fighting age, young military men. And you're talking about this was a great time. Corporations are using these illegals so they don't have to pay natural born citizens here or people who have gotten their citizenship a basic living wage, decent money. They're using these illegals as cheap labor. Democrats and Republicans. The Democrats are using them to get a second term of Biden and Republicans are going to use them for cheap labor. You got companies working with coyotes to smuggle these illegals over here. Hurting natural born Americans here. And again, people who came over here the right way and got their citizenship, you're hurting them and they can't get a proper wage. This is causing, is soon will cause a race war. A war that blacks are going to lose. A lot of the reactions we're seeing in society are actually reactions to positive, uh, to positive things like, you know, like equality uh, for women, um, you know, uh, and, um, uh, you know, and greater diversity. Okay. Here's my thing with women. Men and women will never be equals. Okay? You have women. Most of the time will not pick dangerous jobs to work that keep America running. Working on an oil rig. Okay? Doing other jobs that are very dangerous. All right. The div the diversity thing, okay? The problem with that, <clears throat> and I'm a black man, is you are picking people solely on the color of their skin. Not the fact that they could be black and they have credentials, they have experience, not just because they're black. They have to have experience. You have I remember reading an article a couple of months ago about how they're letting blacks into medical school who don't have the grades to to be in those medical and to be in the medical school 
So now you're going to put black doctors past them who don't have the credentials to work on somebody and that person may die and you're causing racism. You are growing racism. Instead of having blacks who have the credentials to be in Ivy League medical schools, you're just putting blacks in there just because they're black. <clears throat> Excuse me. That is what the left does. The left and the right are both for white supremacy. Okay, Malcolm X talked about it a lot. Republicans are the wolves. The Democrats are the fox. They just try to pretend to be your friend, but they really they think you're too stupid to walk and chew gum at the same damn time. Sorry about that. At the same time, they think you're too stupid to walk and talk, chew gum at the same time. That's what they think of black people. Okay. All right, let's get here. Here's from an article right here from the Atlantic. Here's an excerpt from it. According to the Gallup poll, 77% of Americans believe there is more crime in the U.S. than there was a year ago. Economic sentiment has begun to tick it up. But it's still near the lowest on record. This may help explain Donald Trump's strength in electoral polls. A recent Wall Street Journal survey found that U.S. voters only believe that Trump will do a better job than Joe Biden when it comes to the economy. 52 percent to 35, 35 percent inflation, 51 percent to 30 percent and crime, 47 percent to 30 percent. Voters voters seem to be yearning for a return to the normalcy of pre-pandemic times. And Trump is promising to give it to them. You have to watch out for Trump. Trump is not who he says he is. This is the person who is for Operation Warp Speed. This is the person that um, when women needed a T visa, basically when they were women who have been trafficking, traffic, human trafficking victims. OK. Before Trump came into office, four to six months to get that visa. Now it's four years. Okay. The absurdity of Trump as the normalcy candidate is almost too much to bear, especially because the normalcy of that voters are desperately craving is in many ways already here. And Biden helped. <laughs> That's a joke. That is a sick joke. The conservative treehouse, Alex Soros, the son of George Soros, sent a message via Twitter account that is troubling, being subtle like a brick through a window. The millionaire leftist posts. A picture of a bullet hole and $47 president Trump, Donald Trump is going to be the 47th president. I don't want nothing to happen to Trump. I really don't. All right. I just I would I, to me, it would be great if he just sat this one out. I don't want I don't want anybody to lose a father. You know, a grandfather. I would be happy if he just sat this one out and just lived out his life. But he's not going to do that. And Trump is not a saint. He is not this Jesus Christ figure 
that people are making him out to be. He's not. He is just as evil as Biden. And people get mad when I say that. Okay? But if you do your own research, you will see he is just as bad. All right? But let's get into uh, what's going on at Davos. Okay? These people are evil, and they are for child sex workers being booked to be prostitutes at Davos. You heard me right. Thousands of children have been flown into the World Economic Forum under cover of darkness for the Global Elite's annual summit in the Swiss Alpine resort of Davos, according to World Economic Forum insiders, who reveal the horrific scale of the elite's chosen vice. Dozens of private jets have been turned into child escort carriers to traffic the children across borders and into the Viper's Den, according to sources familiar with the matter. Notice that Prince Andrew was caught in Ukraine in Kyiv at a restaurant and he had two young Ukrainian refugees with him, and when he left, they were they were molested. Nothing has happened to Prince Andrew yet. None of these children have passports, and the majority of them don't have any form of identification. Past is unknown, and their future does not bear thinking about. We've been warning the world about the child sex trafficking industry for some years. During this time, the elites have been hiding in plain sight and furthering their plan to normalize and finally legalize pedophilia. And the elites are becoming increasingly shameless when it comes to rubbing our faces in it. The theme this year is rebuilding trusts and will be attended by 3,000 guests, including many of the most notorious members of the cabal. But when they descend on the exclusive globalist summit, attendees do more than just discuss global conflicts, the economy, technology, and how they can enslave the human race and usher in a new world order. They also bond and build bridges with one another at A-list soirees and parties. In fact, according to an insider, these parties are the most important part of the whole summit. We already know what happens out in the open. It's all cocaine, champagne, caviar, and fine cuts of meats. While the elite plot how to ban the rest of us from consuming anything other than bugs, insects, and recycled toilet water. It's bunga bunga according to the mainstream media. But in reality, the situation is much darker. Much, much darker. Demand for sex work skyrockets each year at the meeting of world leaders and business tycoons who jet in from all around the world to rub shoulders with each other. But what the media won't tell you is that the majority of these sex workers are underage, and many of them are extremely young. It is said that over 1,000 private jet flights arrived and departed airports. One plane from Charleston, one plane from the USA, one from Israel, and the other one I don't know about. Serving Davos in January and approximately 12 of these were packed with underage children being trafficked. According to the sick and twisted minds in the corridors of power in Davos, age of consent laws have no place in an enlightened society because they discriminate against a child's right to choose to have sex with adults. After this quick break, we'll expose the next step in the elite's plan to legalize pedophilia. 
25-year-old man whose defense centered on the claim that his 12-year-old victim wanted it. According to the middle-aged man, the 12-year-old girl pressured him for sex. Disturbing times in New Zealand, but are you surprised? We're talking about a far-left authoritarian state led by young global leader Jacinda Ardern, where citizens are being told to put their total trust in government. We will continue to be your single source of truth. We will provide information frequently. We will share everything we can, uh, everything you are, else you see, um, a grain of salt. New Zealand has fallen, but they're not the only ones. President Macron's French government voted against having an age of consent in France in 2018, becoming the first nation to give in to pressure from an international cabal determined to decriminalise sex with children across the world. This means federal law in France has no legal age of consent, and adults who have sex with children of any age will not be prosecuted for rape if the child victim is unable to prove violence, threats, duress or surprise. Is it any coincidence that Macron is another WF Young Global leader? who just so happened to be groomed by a much older woman while he was an underage boy at school. Russian President Vladimir Putin warned us years ago that the global elite planned to normalise paedophilia in the West. According to Putin, the global elite engage in Satan worship. Do as thou wilt is their motto. It appears he was correct. The attempt to normalise paedophilia has been playing out before our very eyes for years. And who better to desensitise the masses than the mainstream media and their favourite stars? Oprah and her stable of paedophile friends have been taking every opportunity to quietly undermine traditional family values for years now. So this is what so many people don't understand. A big part of the confusion and shame for child victims is that the attention and the seduction from the predator, who is probably going to be somebody you know. Right. In order for it to work, it has to be somebody you know somebody you admire, somebody you respect, or maybe even love. And it feels good. I mean, you know, when I started to think about it, maybe Oprah lied about being molested because what a victim of child abuse will say they wanted it, it felt good. What victim of sexual abuse says that it felt good? I'm wondering if she lied about being abused. I really am, because I had a conversation with somebody on BitChute, and I was thinking, well, how do you know that Oprah wasn't abused? And then she had me thinking, well, what person who's experienced sexual abuse says that they wanted it? That it felt, quote unquote, good. Thinking to myself, it's a good point. I mean, if you're seven years old and somebody, which I was trying to say this to my friends who had children, you're seven years old and someone is stroking your penis. She says this. It feels good. Right. Well, look, hold on. Somebody you admire, somebody you respect, or maybe even love. And it feels good. I mean... If you're seven years old and somebody, which I was trying to say this to my friends who had children, you're seven years old and someone is stroking your penis, it feels good. She said this to, to people with kids. Mm. They had to be pedos or something. Why didn't they call the police on Oprah? Why didn't they expose her? That should have been mainstream media news. We all know who bought, who's bought by the media. We all know, I'm sorry, we all know who 
bought the media. Even though you don't have a name for what that is, it feels good. And when I first said this years ago, people were like, you're crazy because everybody wants to believe it's like sexual assault and you're being thrown up against the wall and you're being raped. And I have said for years, if the abuser is any good, it you won't even know it's happened. You will be in it and you... At, I don't believe she was molested. I don't. I don't. I think she's a pervert. I believe she used those kids in her school in Africa, Those that all-girls school. She prostituted them. That's what I believe. You won't even know it's happened. And if the abuser is any good, he or she is going to make you feel like you're a part of it. According to Bill Maher, a relationship between a 30-something and 12-year-old child is totally fine. What? Bill Maher under fire for 1998 comments condoning sex between 35-year-old woman, 12-year-old boy. Those comments have been compared to those made by Milo Yiannopoulos, the former Breitbart editor, who in an interview last year endorsed sexual relations with boys as young as 13. I remember him say, I remember a big fallout over that. Big fallout over that. And society just stopped being so uptight. But the elite are not stopping at age of consent laws. They're now laying the groundwork to take away the natural right of parents to raise their own children. Hillary Clinton once said that it takes a village to raise a child. And the global elite are taking this concept even further. A World Economic Forum professor has declared that parents will soon need to obtain a license from the government in order to raise their own children. According to the professor, parents will need to prove that they accept the radical pro-pedophilia and transgender agenda before being granted a license. In his paper, The Kids Aren't All Right, Expanding the Role of the State in Parenting, the WF official argues, Individuals have no right to rear their biological children, nor do they have any interest weighty enough to justify a right to rear children generally. Since these rights don't exist, regulated parenting policies can't be said to jeopardise them. This is just another evil policy pushed by the globalist elite on unsuspecting citizens of Western countries. If you're wondering how any adult could possibly bring themselves to argue that laws against paedophilia infringe on the rights of children, or that parents don't have the natural right to raise their own children, then you must remember that to the global elite, bad equals good. We've now reached this. This is just sick. And you got a picture of Joe Biden and Klaus Schwab, at, you know, together, just smiling. As a parent, this sets my brain on fire. Sets my brain full of rage. It really does. I can't say what I want to say because I'm not trying to get in no trouble. But for those people who want to say Trump is, uh, is the savior Trump is, is, what could I say? He's Homelander. That's what I could tell you. He's Homelander. And, he, and Homelander is a monster. Let me read you, read you a little bit about Trump, okay? Here we are. Okay, here we are, here we are, here we are. Trump, Gavi Alliance, and Bill Gates. 
Trump's support for Gavi was echoed on Twitter account for the United States for the International Development USAID. USAID echoes at real Donald Trump's words and is proud to be partnering with Gavi by committing $1.16 billion to protect people through vaccines because vaccines work, the tweet reads. It should be noted that U.S. Um, USAID, <clears throat> US, yeah, USAID has also been accused of creating fake social media networks in an attempt to foment unrest in foreign nations. Once again, this puts Bill Gates and his organizations at the top of the global health pyramid. So what did Mr. Gates have to say about the success of the Global Vaccine Summit? Since its inception, Gavi has helped vaccinate more than three quarters of a billion children, and now it's stepping up and saying it was willing to deliver a COVID-19 vaccine as soon as possible, as soon as one is available, sorry, to end the pandemic as soon as possible. He said at the statement at the summit, I'm sorry, at the summit, we also renew our commitment to delivering every life saving vaccine there is to every child on earth. Yeah, life saving vaccine. Bill Gates' father funded Planned Parenthood and taught his sons to spread the gospel of eugenics. Remember, Planned Parenthood, <clears throat> the founder of it, also um, her person of inspiration was Adolf Hitler. Either way, Gates wins. Taken together, the May payment of $775 million, the early June announcement of $1.16 billion, and the late June gift of $545 million, these taxpayer-funded investments will provide abundant resources for Gavi and subsequently the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. These funds easily outweigh the paltry $281.6 million the U.S. was given to the WHO. It is important to understand that the WHO is part of the United Nations, which itself is an intergovernmental organization that is attempting to replace nation states as we know them today in favor of global governance schemes. Gavi is a public-private partnership where governmental bodies and private organizations partner up to provide some sort of public service. Neither of these organizations have been elected by the free people of the nations in which they operate. Despite this fact, the Trump administration is continuing to give billions to Gavi and in doing so, further Bill Gates' goal to vaccinate 7 billion people. Trump may have pulled funds from the WHO, but that decision allows Gates to take control, full control of WHO policy and continue to use U.S. taxpayer dollars to fund vaccine projects, including a rush vaccine for COVID-19. This was likely the plan the whole time. This is why the Trump administration ad appointed a big farmer lackey to head Operation Warp Speed. Trump's plan to fast track the development of vaccines for COVID-19 for COVID in May. Trump appointed Monsef Sauli, a former executive with the vaccine manufacturer GlaxoSmithKline, to serve in a volunteer position, assisted by Army General Gustav Perna, the command of the United States Army Material Command. According to the Trump administration, Operation War Speed program is focusing on, our on four vaccines with the hopes of testing and producing 100 million doses by October 2020, 200 million by December, and 300 million doses by January. Salui has said he believes the goal of vaccines by January 2021 is a credible goal. Once again, Gates' fingerprints are all over this situation. Salui himself has a long history with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation sitting on the boards of companies 
that are connected to the organization. It appears that despite the public pronouncements of divesting from the WHO or tweets about standing up to the globalists, the Trump administration continues to push the agenda to vaccinate every person on the planet. Okay. So basically, question everything, come to your own conclusions. Then there's an article by Dr. Joseph McCullough that exposes the Operation Warp Speed, which Trump supports, is almost entirely funded and operated by the CIA and Department of Defense. Okay. Here's an article here Operation Warp Speed, a technocratic chess piece. It's posted on Wednesday, November 4th, 2020, at 11 30 a.m. Now, keep in mind this article, what I'm reading from, this was uh, published November 4th of 2020. All right. Okay, where was I? Okay. All right. <clears throat> you can find the article uh, originally published on www.mercola.com. All right. It's a story at a glance. Many of the same surveillance initiatives proposed after 9-11 have been resurrected with the updated technology under the guise of combat of COVID-19. Operation Warspeed, the White House administration's efforts to produce a fast-track COVID-19 vaccine and other therapeutics is almost entirely funded and operated by the CIA and the U.S. military. Operation Warspeed is supporting the creation of several COVID-19 vaccines, all of which will be deployed, but to different critical populations. Operation Warp Speed is shrouded in secrecy that makes it difficult to ascertain the true agenda, but part of the plan is to monitor the vaccine recipients for 24 months after the first dose using biosensors that record and share biological data. Like 9-11, the COVID-19 pandemic is being used as a justification for the implementation of more tyrannical controls. It appears they're laying down the infrastructure for a totalitarian control system set to be fully developed later. In this interview, the investigative journalist Whitney Webb, who does both independent work and collaboration with the Last American Vagabond, discusses the little-known details of Operation Warp Speed, a joint operation between the U.S. Health and Human Services, HHS, and the Department of Defense to produce a fast-track COVID-19 vaccine and other therapeutics. As you may have noticed by now, Google, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and a host of other platforms are censoring information relating to COVID-19 in general and the vaccine information in particular. Many commented, commentators who touch on these issues have been deplatformed altogether, so information on these critical topics are getting harder to come by. We're at a point where the line between Silicon Valley and the national security state have become so blurred you can't, you really can't distinguish which one begins and where the other ends, Whitney says. This is in large part helps explain how and why big tech is getting away with such blatant censorship as deplatforming of individuals who discuss issues the mainstream media refuse to touch. You can definitely make the argument that it's state censorship to a degree, she says. I think it's quite telling that a lot of companies from the very beginning of their existence have some sort of funding from the U.S. intelligence. Okay. And this is what's going down, man. This is the, uh, let me put a link. I'll put the link in the description. I'll put the link right here in the chat section. So, one minute. Yep. Guys, go. All right. There it is. There is the link to the article. 
I can't put this live on YouTube, so <clears throat> YouTube, uh, I'm just using my um, Melon software to record this, and I'll put it on Anchor. That's what I'll do. Can't, I, this is not going on YouTube at all. This is going to my anchor. All right. I read a little bit more, and then we are going on to the next one. Okay, Operation Warp, warp Speed. <clears throat> As noted by Whitney Webb, you expect Operation Warp Speed, being a government program, to be governed by some federal regulatory agency like the Food and Drug Administration or Centers for Disease Control and Prevention or even the HSS. But no, it's almost entirely funded and operated by the CIA and the U.S. military. Webb explains when Operation Warp Speed was announced. <clears throat> Hold on a second. All right. It was essentially sold to the public as a joint operation between the HHS and the Department of Defense. So the military was involved from the beginning. But oddly enough, last month, a lot of the information about Warp Speed started to come up to light. One was the organization chart of its leadership, which showed that by and large, the entire operation is dominated by the military. There were very few civilian health officials, and most of the civilian health officials are involved with the therapeutic side of Warp Speed which was, as we know, is mostly drastically underfunded part of the initiative of this initiative. It was initially given a $10, million, $10 billion budget, and they've already spent $10 billion on the vaccine. Only $450 million have been given through Warp Speed to a therapeutics project, which, of course, we know we now know is Regeneron, which is allegedly what Trump received when he was at Walter Reed. What I'm saying is that most the most, the vast, vast majority of the money and time and energy has gone to a vaccine, specifically not really therapeutics. And so if you look at the organizational chart, the people that aren't directly deployed by the Department of Justice or military intelligence were essentially put in the therapeutics part, which was drastically underfunded. It's focused largely, largely on the vaccine. What's almost interesting is we know that Operation War of Speed currently has about six vaccine candidates, and we now know, and we know now that they plan to use them all, and that they plan to allocate a specific vaccine to specific populations, what they identify in their official guidance as critical populations, which they announced just a few days ago. There are a lot of things in War Speed that are concerning. One of the things I read about recently is the Google and Oracle, two large tech companies that have a long-standing ties to the CIA, are going to be involved in what they describe as pharma vigil pharmacovigilance vigilance surveillance system or what was more recently referred to by the head of warp speed as an incredibly precise tracking system whereby everyone who receives one of these vaccines will be tracked and surveilled not just to make sure that they get a second dose but also to see what happens to people's physiology because they admit that they that every single one of these vaccine candidates have never been brought to the market or licensed by the government before webb says Okay, I'm gonna leave it at there. So basically, they vaccinated these people and just use them as human guinea pigs to just see how this would play out. Like they'll grow a third eyeball, or you know, they just drop dead on the spot. You know, stuff like that. You know, real, real you know, just inhumane, sick crap. <clears throat> just I, 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 wow, wow. 
Okay. But uh, let's get into the uh, Disease X. Hold on one second. All right. I'm going to be talking about Disease X right now. Disease X is on the way and experts fear it will kill more people than the COVID pandemic. Global health experts believe the next major pandemic is already on its way and it could kill millions more than COVID-19. The arrival of Disease X as it has been dubbed by the World Health Organization is a probability rather than possibility and could hit at any moment. They believe vaccines will need to be created and delivered in a rapid response to combat the disease, but as with the previous pandemic, there is no guarantee this will happen. They add that its devastating effects are likely to far outweigh that of COVID, which the world was dangerously unprepared for when it hit in early 2020. Kate Bingham, who chaired the UK's vaccine task force between May and December that year, says we shouldn't be complacent just because COVID-19 is now largely regarded as a routine illness. The 1920s flu pandemic killed at least 50 million people worldwide, twice as many as were killed in World War I. Today, we could expect a similar death toll from one of the many viruses that already exist. Kate revealed that scientists are currently aware of 25 virus families, which each comprise up to thousands of individual viruses that all have the potential to evolve into a pandemic. On top of that, it is estimated that there could be around a million more undiscovered viruses lingering out there, which could leap from species to species and have the capability of killing millions of human beings. In a sense, we got lucky with COVID-19, despite the fact that it caused 20 million or more deaths across the world. The point is that the vast majority of people infected with the virus managed to recover. Share this so people know disease. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Let's go into the next one. Okay. And this one will get you very upset. Congress quietly passed a bill last summer called the Disease X Act. This was a media blackout. In June 2023, the U.S. Congress quietly passed a new bill called House Resolution 3832, also known as Disease X Act of 2023. That references a deadly pandemic that is coincidentally the subject of a World Economic Forum meeting that took place last week at the... World Economic Forum meeting, the elites decided that disease X could have 20 times more fatalities than COVID. Natural News reports, 
what we are more likely to witnessing with this new revelation is the stage being set for another round of COVID like lockdowns, mask mandates, and whatever else the powers that be throw at the world once they unleash their new pre-planned bioweapon known as disease X. Does Congress know something America doesn't? In short, the disease X act of 2023 reveals plans to establish a new program at Barter Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority to develop medical countermeasures for any future viral threats that have pandemic potential. In other words, there are more COVIDs coming down the pike. The legislation is internationally vague, which is certainly no accident. Vague legislation tends to be wide reaching in its scope once executed, which means the severity of its intentions are likely vast and far-reaching. One report from the Unheard covering what took place at the World Economic Forum meeting on Disease X described what was discussed, that the, there are worrying, noting that it shows signs of acceleration of technocratic tendencies and pandemic preparedness, which have only considered as, as only consolidated since COVID. The panel-style meeting opened with a statement from the WHO Director General Tedros Adman Gabrias, who tried to clarify all misinformation about the panel itself, so-called misinformation being number one global threat right now, according to the World Economic Forum's Global Risk Report 2024. <coughs> Gabrias insisted that nobody should be worried about disease X, yeah, right, which is simply the placeholder name for future biological threats. He continued to ramble from there about the strengthening healthcare and education and supporting communities as they prepare for the coming disease X pandemic. Only once did anyone on the panel even mention the word lock, the word lockdown. And it came from a health executive from India by the name of Prithi Reedy, who recommended that the next pandemic response should pull a page from how the army operates at any time. Anything can happen. We don't know what side it can come from. She said, Unfortunately, the focus on disease X is indicated of a broader phenomenon, the rise of our new biomedical security state, best represented by the technocratic government structures that drove emergency laws on lockdowns, masks and vaccine mandates, quarantine, school closures and censorship reported unheard about the World Economic Forum meeting. This is interwoven into the semantic origins of disease X, which was christened in the WHO our indeed blueprint in 2017 to assist prioritizing research and development, particularly for vaccine treatments and tests. It has since become a core driving force for the proliferation of public-private partnerships, PPP, in the global pandemic preparedness industry. In addition to serving as a placeholder name for future threats, Disease X is also a catalyst for transforming the future health response to be dominated by corporate, technological, and state power rather than individual liberty and freedom. We are going to be dealing with, you know, kind of like V for Vendetta, a totalitarian society. I don't know if any of you have seen that movie, Viva Vendetta. Uh, it's um, you should. It's it's a movie that's basically explaining what I'm talking about right here. And um, 
I don't know what to tell you, man. This this is this is uh this is wild. All right. There's also the fact of, of uh It's insane, man. What's going on? My heart goes out to people who have been vaccinated. Okay. And it's uh it's tough. I have loved ones who have been vaccinated. And people have said, well, you know, they could be having placebos. Well, you don't know which one have the placebos and you don't know which ones, you know, have the virus. Okay. All right. So I'm going to go into this one where they talk about uh, turbo aid set to kill billions after disease X rollout Gates insider warns. So let's get into this story right now. The global elite are using the World Economic Forum in Davos to boast about a range of new vaccines that they claim will allow them to change the world. The timing couldn't be more suspicious, with so-called disease X stalking the planet, while the elite's working on a new vaccine for a disease that apparently doesn't exist. If the COVID pandemic taught us anything, it's that new vaccines must be scrutinised closely, and the global elite are determined to depopulate the world. Bill Gates' new HIV vaccine has AIDS as a possible side effect. Which raises the question, is Disease X just Vades dressed up in fancy new clothes? Before we dive in, subscribe to the channel if you haven't. Vaccines. We'll have a, a TB vaccine, malaria vaccine, HIV vaccine, and even the things like COVID vaccines, we need to make them have longer duration, more coverage, uh, and we're going to change instead of using a needle to use a little mm. patch. Uh, so the pandemic really highlighted that we've been underinvested in those innovations and it, you know, our partners in India are, are part of how we're going to uh, get these breakthrough products done. India, the place you got kicked out of, Bill Gates, because the vaccines you gave was basically crippling and paralyzing children. That India, Mr. Gates. Did you notice Gates's sly smile when he mentioned India? the site of many of his most egregious crimes against humanity. The man has no shame. Of course, there's no point trying to find any record of Gates's crimes in India in the fully bought and paid for mainstream media. Those articles were scrubbed around the same time that Gates started investing in the media. Gates mentioned a new vaccine for HIV, which sounds great, until you read the fine print and realize that full-blown AIDS is one of the possible side effects. And if the COVID pandemic has taught us anything, is that potential side effects, for example, myocarditis, sudden heart failure and debilitating strokes should be taken very seriously. After the short break, we'll reveal the pattern of behavior that exposes the elite's intentions. After all, this is not the first time they've pulled this stunt. But first, an important word from our sponsor.
involving marketing drugs for uses that weren't approved by the FDA. The company will pay a record 2.3 billion. Pfizer has a record fine to pay. Dollars in civil and criminal penalties after admitting that the painkiller Bextra and 12 other drugs were promoted for what's known as off-label use, which the FDA says put public health at risk in the process. Pfizer was alleged to have deceptively marketed drugs for purposes which were not approved of by the FDA. Those actions put patients at risk, caused exposure to health risks, heart attacks, and death. In addition, uh, they settled allegations of paying kickbacks to doctors. One of their subsidiaries pled guilty to felony charges in that relation. Um, and overall, what we found was multiple year schemes to advance the marketing of drugs. Pfizer began paying doctors to attend meetings where it would pitch Bextra for things it was never approved for. Bextra has been linked to heart attacks and strokes and has been pulled off the market. In 2007, the Nigerian government sued Pfizer for $7 billion and accused the company of carrying out illegal trials that killed or disabled children. But it gets even worse. In 2010, leaked State Department cables alleged that Pfizer had hired investigators to blackmail Nigeria's attorney general into dropping the $7 billion lawsuit against Pfizer. The COVID pandemic has taught us that the mainstream media will go to any lengths to cover up the crimes of the global elite even in the face of evidence that should see Gates, Tedros and Fauci behind bars for the rest of their lives before they can do any more harm. Like starting a new pandemic for which they already have a vaccine, for instance. Don't believe they're capable of starting a pandemic for their own evil purposes? Here is Anthony Fauci laying out an evil plan to create the AIDS epidemic. Disease. I'll get to in some of the latest slides how this disease, which we surmised early on, started off in the male homosexual population in this country. Not that there was anything intrinsically different or wrong or what have you about homosexuality. It was very simple. It's straightforward epidemiology. You take an infectious agent and you introduce it into a population in which the spread among those individuals, if it's sexual contact spread, it's a perfect setup to spread. In any event, what we had was a concentration of cases, as you'll see here, in the New York metropolitan area, New York City and New Jersey, and in Los Angeles. Take an infectious agent and you introduce it into a population. You take an infectious agent and you introduce it into a population. You take an infectious agent and you introduce it into a population. In which the spread among those individuals If it's sexual contact spread, it's a perfect setup to spread. Many people don't realise that COVID was not Fauci's first rodeo. During the 1980s AIDS epidemic, Fauci told the world that the big pharma drug AZT was safe and effective. Does that sound familiar? Well, the, only, the reason that only one drug has been made available, AZT, because it's the only drug that thus far has been shown in scientifically controlled trials to be safe and effective. Just like his advice during the COVID pandemic, it turned out that Fauci was promoting a drug that was neither safe nor effective. While it lined his pockets and made big pharma companies even richer, it killed people by the millions. As I said, COVID was not Fauci's first rodeo. Fauci was public enemy number one in the gay community during the AIDS epidemic. They understood the man's true agenda, lining his own pockets while committing genocide and reducing the world's population.
I'm Michael Petrellis, and I'm pissed, you know? The whole thing with the National Institutes of Health is they won't test any of these drugs that'll keep people alive. And, and I got this saying, no peptide T, no compound Q, Anthony Fauci, I piss on you. Of thousands of children killed by Fauci in illegal experiments were found in New York in the 2000s. And what happened? The authorities and the media quietly swept the scandal under the carpet. But all is not lost. Brave truth-tellers and investigators are continuing to work on exposing his crimes. And just as Nazi Dr. Joseph Mengele's crimes horrified the world when his atrocities were exposed after World War II, the scope and reach of Fauci's horrific experiments on animals and children are leaving investigators stunned. 33 years ago, Dr. Robert Wilner accused Anthony Fauci of genocide during the AIDS epidemic. His speech is even more pertinent today. Not only in the name of science, but in humanity and in all history. Today is December 7th, and I was uh, 12 years old when the attack on Pearl Harbor came, and I remember World War II very well. And it's a very significant day today because I see an incredible parallel between what is going on in the so-called AIDS epidemic and what happened in the years preceding and resulting in World War II. The great lie of Hitler. It's amazing, I think he would envy the job being done by members of the National Institutes of Health and even the media, especially in this country. And I will put the lie to the individuals of the NIH particularly Gallo and Fauci and Hazeltine and Essex and the rest of these scoundrels of the worst order. Criminals guilty of genocide, without a doubt. I invite them to take me to court. I wish Burroughs Welcome would take me to court because they have been putting out a killer drug knowingly. Because in a court of law, I would have the opportunity to, pro to provide the absolute proof and evidence as I have in my book, Deadly Deception. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is the latest to play his part in breaking the silence of complicity around the criminal at the heart of multiple crimes against humanity. All right, that's all I got for now. I don't trust any of them, man. I don't trust Robert Kennedy. He wants to get into the White House. What for? What for? You know they're evil. Why do you want to get in there? I believe people just need to stop trusting in these politicians, stop trusting these presidents, and start worrying about stocking up on food, water, and means to provide and protect your families. That is what I think people need to be focusing on. And investing your trust in God, because things are not getting better, they are getting worse. Okay, you will own nothing and you will be happy. That is slowly becoming a reality. We are slowly going to be in a fascist, socialistic, communist society. That is what is happening. We will have food shortages soon due to this war with the Hoopty rebels. Messing up the supply chain. We are going to be having problems. Okay. Can't blame the Houthis because they're defending 
trying to defend the Palestinians against the Israelis. Okay? But they're terrorists. What is the American government doing supporting Israel? What is Israel doing to Palestinians? And I see both sides are both sides are evil. But you see that Israel started it first. If you look into the history, I'm not talking about October 7th. I'm talking about 70 years before October October 7th. This has been going on for 70 years. Okay, that's it. That's all I got for now. If you want to donate to the Cash App, the link is in there in the description box. Uh, You want to check me on YouTube, Hard Talk Radio, live in 4K. I do commentary on social and political issues. You can also check me out on anchor.fm. Hard Talk Radio, live in 4K, Spotify. All right, later.